0: إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ أَنَّ So in the last lesson we were talking about the issue of raising the hands when making the du'a. Today then there's a chapter which is linked to that and it is the mistakes people make when raising the hands. Mistakes people make in raising their hands. So the sheikh says, لا يزال حديثنا عرفع الإيدي في الدعاء وقد سبق الكلام على فائدتي ذلك وأهميته في الدعاء وأنه سبب من أسباب قبوله So he says, we've previously already spoken about the issue of raising the hands when making du'a and we mentioned the benefits of doing that, the wisdoms behind that and that it is one of the causes, one of the reasons behind the du'a being answered and accepted. لِمَا فِي ذَلِكَ مِنْ اظهار الْإِفْتِقَارِ وَالِسْتِكَانَةِ وَالْحَاجَةِ إِلَى الْرَبِّ الْكَرِيمِ Because when you raise your hands in dua, it indicates your poverty before your Lord, your need in front of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِنَّ مِمَّا يَجْبُ عَلَى أن يَعْتَنِيَ بِهِ فِي هَذَا الْبَابِ الْحِرْسِ على هدي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في ذلك. One of the important things to know Regarding this issue of dua and raising the hands Is to know exactly the guidance of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم In regards to it مَنْهَجِهِ And to stick to the manhaj to the methodology of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wa and to stay away from the different ways people have invented in making dua in raising the hands in certain ways and making dua in certain ways that is not established in the uh, revelations wahaat and certain positions that they take when making dua waharakat certain movements they make when making dua lam tathbut and khairil um waakmalihim dua and wa atan lilah so these types of movements and positions and various things they do now when making dua many of these things have not been established in the practice of the best of this ummah uh, in terms of the dua they made and the worship they were upon and in particular the best of this ummah the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself so wa qad thabata fil hadith an an-nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam annahu qala idha sa'altumullah if you ask allah fas'aluhu bibutun akfukum وَأَكُفِّكُمْ وَلَا تَسْأَلُوهُ بِذُهُورِهَا That when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then ask with the lower side or the inside of your hands, not the outsides. Meaning when you make dua which way around do your hands go. With the bottom insides, not upside down. Insides is the method of the du'a. سمل لي إن حديث عبد الله بن عباس رضي الله عنهما المسألة أن ترفع يديك حظ ومنكبيك أو نحوهما والاستغفار أن تشير بأصبع واحدة والابتهال أن تمد يديك جميعا This is something we already covered. And it mentioned the three types of Dua. When you're asking for something, generally raise your hands to the levels of your shoulders or thereabouts. When you are seeking forgiveness, then it is the raising of the finger. And when you are in severe need of something, then it was raising the hands high. Here it mentions al-istighfar in raising the finger and there previously it had mentioned also in the points of uh, the tawheed of Allah when re- referencing the tawheed of Allah, the oneness of Allah in the tashahud and other places as well. That was the raising of the finger within that. And that is really where the raising of the finger occurs. In istighfartu. In the, in the prayer, in Salah, mostly this is in Salah. This is in the Tashahud, basically, often it is in the Tashahud. He mentions here, There's an example of that, when the Prophet ﷺ was giving the khutbah in Arafah, that he raised the finger. And there was some element of istighfar within that, an element of uh, portraying the message had been done and testifying to it. So perhaps based upon that. Then Qala Shaykh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah ala hadha he said, Shaykh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, that there are three levels, and these three levels we spoke about raising a finger as the prophet used to do on the member in Jum'ah he used to do that during the, the Jum'ah khutbah and the second one general du'a that you raise your hands up to your shoulders roughly and the third one al when you have that severe need for the rain etc that he used to raise his hands extended uh, further higher المسلم الى عن النبي في ذلك خير من الناس fi في هذا bab. so you have to stay away from the exaggerations and excessiveness people have gone into when it comes to the issue of dua and stick to the guidance of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the way of the salaf in how they used to perform the dua
1: allahu akbar allahu akbar allahu akbar ashhadu an la ilaha illa allah an la ilaha illa allah ashhadu anna muhammadan rasul allah ashhadu anna muhammadan rasul
0: So here then, he's mentioning some of the types of things people do wrong when making du'a in terms of their hands. He says, <laughs> Some people who are making du'a يَنْزِلُ فِي رَفْعِهِ يَدَيْهِ مُفَرِّقَتَيْنِ أَوْ مَجْمُوعَتَيْنِ إِلَى مَا تَحْتَ أَوْ إِلَى That some people who are making du'a, their hands are down here next to their Belly button or below. So they are making dua and their hands are down there. And that is a mistake. Dua is not with your hands all the way down there. Dua is the normal dua at the level of your shoulders. Not with your hands right down there. Just hanging near the bottom. Hands together right at the bottom near your navel. That is incorrect. So that is one of the types of things that is incorrect. He says, "Wala <laughs> adam That he says shows your lack of importance you're giving to making dua. Your hands are just down. Hands are just down there. They're not raised properly, anything. It shows the lack of importance you are giving to making dua. And that is a mistake, a person needs to show that they have importance in that du'a, that they are asking Allah, and they desire to have that du'a answered. So you don't just leave your hands hanging down low near the navel, but you raise your hands in making the du'a. minhum man يُقَلِّبُ يَدَيْهِ إِذَا رَفَعَهُمَا فِي إِلَىٰ جِهَاتٍ أَوْ يَقُومُ بِهَزِّهِمَا أَوْ يُحَرِّكُهُمَا حَرَكَاتٌ He says some people, when they are making dua, they make movements with their hands. that they may make some types of movements where they move their hands in different directions, to certain movements that are clearly... Nothing to do with what's in the sunnah, that they, they, they turn their hands around and they move them around to different directions and they shake them when making the dua. And none of that is in the sunnah to do so. Or when they want to make dua, they wipe their hands first. Again, wiping the hands before making the dua, nothing in the sunnah to do anything like that. And some people, after they've made the dua, when they finish, they kiss their hands. That is something the Shaykh says is noted from the people too, that they kiss their hands after making the dua. وَمِنْهُمْ إِذَا بِيَدَيْهِ بَعْدَ وَهَذَا وَرَدَ فِي Then there is this issue of wiping the face after you make the dua. All of the hadith that have been mentioned about it are weak. All of the narrations about wiping the face after you make dua are weak. There are some scholars though who say by combining them all together you can get to a level where it's just about acceptable. Some scholars have this opinion and therefore they say it is okay to wipe the face after making dua. But in the default, all of the narrations are weak. So then it's a matter of ijtihad. Whether you come together and you analyze and say that they can all come together to just about be acceptable. Some may say yes they are, others will say no, they are all weak, even combining them. You cannot get to a level where it is acceptable to act upon that as a narration, to wipe over the face after you've made the dua. So that is a a few of the points, we'll pray and then after the prayer we'll carry on, inshaAllah. Alhamdulillah, was ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man So we were mentioning some of the mistakes that people make when raising their hands. Some people they do not raise them properly, they leave them down below the navel. That is incorrect and not the way of the sunnah. Other people, they raise them the wrong way around or they make movements with their hands. That is not from the Sunnah. And then this issue of wiping the face has maybe a little bit more of a difference over it. But what is proven, or what is known, is that all of the narrations that talk about wiping the face after making Dua are weak. They are all weak narrations. And so uh, some of the scholars, they do not accept the permissibility of wiping the face after making Dua. Another method which has been innovated and is a mistake is that when some people make Dua then with their thumbs they touch their eyes and then kiss their thumbs touching your eyes, kissing your thumbs all of these types of things are not from the Sunnah it has not been established that touching your eyes with your thumbs kissing your thumbs these things have not been mentioned in the Sunnah and they are not things that you should do when making the dua. After that, we have the chapter with one of the other mannerisms that you are supposed to do when making the dua, and that is Istiqbalu Dai Al Qibla. That when you make dua, you should face the Qibla. When making the du'a, you should face the qibla. إِنَّ مِنْ آدَابِ الدُّعَىٰ أَنْ يَسْتَقْبِلَ الدَّاعِيَ الْقِبْلَةَ وَقْتَ دُعَائِهِ Now one of the mannerisms of du'a is that the person making it should face the qibla when making the du'a. ذَلِكَ أَنَّ الْقِبْلَةِ هِيَ الْجِهَةُ fazila التي أُمِرَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ بالاتجاه إِلَيْهَا فِي عِبَادَتِهِمْ And that's because the direction of the Qibla is the preferential direction, that is the superior direction that we've been commanded to face in our worship. فَكَمَا أَنَّهَا قِبْلَةٌ لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ فهي قِبْلَةٌ لَهُمْ فِي الدعاء. So just like the Kaaba is our direction for Salah, it is also the direction you should face when making Dua. وَقَدْ ثَبَتَ إِسْتِقْبَالُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ لِلْقِبْلَةِ عِنْدَ دُعَائِهِ فِي أَحَدِيثَ عَدِيدًا And there are many narrations that show... That the Prophet sallallahu used to face the Qibla when making the Dua. That he used to face the Qibla when making the Dua, many narrations indicate that. وَمِن ذَلِكَ مَا رَوَاهُ الْبُخَارِيُّ وَمُسْلِمٌ فِي صَحِحِيهِمَا مِن حَدِيثِ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ إِبْنِ مَسْعُودِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالِ There is a hadith. In al-Bukhari of muslim the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu he said book An the book of 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 the book ibn وأبي جهل بِنْ هِشَامِ فَأَشْهَدَ بِاللَّهِ لَقَدْ رَأَيْتُ فَأُشْهِدُ بِاللَّهِ لَقَدْ رَأَيْتُهُمْ صَرَعًا قَدْ غَيَّرَتْهُمُ الشَّمْسُ وَكَانَ يَوْمًا حَارًا In this narration it talks about one occasion when the Prophet made dua against some of the Quraysh. But it mentions at the beginning, when the Prophet made that du'a, استقبل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم kabah فدعا That the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم faced the Ka'bah, then made the du'a. So that is a proof in Al-Bukhari, in Muslim, regarding facing the Qibla when making the du'a. In another narration of Umar ibn Al-Khattab عنه, in Sahih Muslim he says when it was the day of Badr the battle of Badr the Messenger of Allah looked towards the mushrikeen and they were a thousand. وَأَصْحَابُهُ As for his companions, the Muslims, they were only 319. فَاسْتَقْبَلَ نَبِيُّ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet of Allah faced al Qiblah, the Kaaba. ثُمَّ مَدَّ يَدَيْهِ Then he stretched out his hands, raised his hands. فَجَعَلَ يَهْتَفُ بِرَبِّهِ اللهم أنجز لي ما وعدتني اللهم آت ما وعدتني اللهم إن تهلك هذه العصابة من أهل الإسلام لا تعبد في الأرض فما زال يهتف بربه مادا يديه مستقبل القبل حتى سقط رداؤه عن منكبيه فأتاه أبو بكر فَأَخَذَ رِدَاءَهُ فَأَلْقَاهُ عَلَى مَنْ ثُمَّ So the Prophet Sallam was raising his hands, making the dua to Allah, asking for the victory for the Muslims against the kuffar. And he was making that dua, continuing making it facing the qibla, al qibla maddan yadayhi until his upper garment, it fell from his back his upper garment it fell as he was raising his hands his garment fell and so Abu Bakr he came radiyallahu anhu and placed that garment back upon the shoulders of the prophet sallallahu so this is another example the prophet sallam faced the qibla raised his hands and made the dua at the time of badr when it occurred in another hadith which is in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, عَنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ إِبْنْ زَيْدِ قَالَ خَرَجَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمِ إِلَى هَذَا الْمُصَلَّى يَسْتَسْقِي فَدَعَى وَاسْتَسْقَى ثُمَّ اسْتَقْبَلَ الْقِبْلَةِ In this narration, it mentions that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam came out to this musalla to that place where they pray and he made the istisqa the dua for the rain prayer then after that istaqbala al-qibla wa barida. he faced the qibla he faced the qibla and turned over his garment flipped his garment the other way around but again, the key point there is ثم استقبله القبلة. He then faced the qibla, the Kaaba, and that is how he would make the du'a. Similarly, ثبت كذلك استقبال القبلة في الدعاء في الحج على الصفا والمروى. وفي وعند al الحرام وعند الجمرة الأولى وثانية During the Hajj, when the Prophet ﷺ did the Hajj, it is noted that he would face the Qiblah when on top of As-Safa and Al-Marwah, the two mountains, that he would face the Qibla when making the Dua on top of them. In Arafah when he was making the Dua, facing the Qibla when he was doing it. And in the other various places of Hajj as well, when there was Dua being done after the stoning etc. All of them it is evidenced he would make the Dua facing the Qibla, facing the Kaaba. So all of this indicates to us that it is legislated to face the Ka'aba, the direction of the Ka'aba when making the dua. wa And that facing the qibla when making the dua is more perfect and better. For the person making the du'a. That is more perfect and better. For the person making the du'a. عَلَى أَنَّ ذَلِكَ لَيْسَ لَازِمٍ وَلَا فِي du'a. Even though it's not obligatory. You could make your du'a whatever direction you are facing. It's not obligatory to face the Qibla, the Ka'bah. But of course like we just said. It is far far better. And according to the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, that you do face the direction of the Ka'aba when making the dua. There are narrations where the Prophet ﷺ made dua not facing the Qibla. So this shows it's not obligatory but that it's something you should do. It's not obligatory to face the Ka'aba, but it's something you should do because there are some narrations where the prophet sallam did the dua without facing the kaaba if it was obligatory every single time then the prophet sallam would have faced the kaaba every single time but there are some narrations when he didn't so that shows it's not obligatory to face the qibla but certainly it is something you should definitely do you should try and always do that is something better when you are making dua something better for the person in his du'a. It is mentioned also by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, inna al-Muslimina mujmi'una, that the Muslims are all agreed upon, Alla Anna Al Khibla Tallati Yushra Ulid Da istikbaluha Hina Dua Hi al Khibla tulati sara as Shura hina sala. That the direction of the Kaaba which has been legislated for the believers to face in their prayer, that is the same direction which is legislated for you when making the du'a. فَكَذَلِكَ هِيَ الَّتِي شُرِعَ استِقْبَالُهَا حِينَ That same Kaaba, same direction is what is legislated for you in your remembrance, in your dua, in Arafah, in Muzdalifah, upon As-Safa, Al-Marwah, all of that is the same Tiblah, the same Kaaba, the same direction. So this is all indicating to us the legislation, the sunnah to face the qibla when making the du'a. فَالْمَقْصُودُ أَنَّ قِبْلَةَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فِي هِيَ فِي So the point therefore is the qibla when you pray that is the same direction, the same qibla when you raise your hands and make the du'a. Am Rafa Rum le adi him ended dua ila sama if a la enna robbaum ledi aduna who is eluna who are juna who at Imuna fee wet mauna fee nailithawa bihu rahmati he were halfuna who sama he mustow in anarchy bat So then the other point is you're facing the Qibla but your hands are not facing the Qibla. Your hands are raised facing the sky. You are facing the Qibla but your hands are raised facing the heavens up above. And that is as we've explained before. Because you are calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Most High who is above all of His creation separate and distinct from His creation. So you're calling upon Allah but you're facing to the direction of the Kaaba. Then after that. He says another one of the mannerisms of du'a that you should remember for your du'a to be more likely answered is That when you make your du'a you should praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the beginning You should praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the beginning of the du'a, mentioning the, the lofty names and attributes of Allah, وَذِكْرْ جُودِهِ وَفَضْلِهِ وَكَرَمِهِ وَعَظِيمِ مَنْشَنِنْا مِنْعَامِهِ Mentioning and praising the greatness and the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَذَٰلِكَ أَنَّهُ أَبْلَغُ مَا يَكُونُ فِي حَالِ سَأِلِي وَالطَّالِبِ ثَنَأَهُ عَلَى رَبِّهِ that is the greatest of the type of praise you can do at that time, at the time of making dua that you're calling upon Allah, and so you are praising Allah, mentioning the praise and the lofty names and attributes of Allah. That should be done at the time of dua. وَمَن يَتَأَمَّلِ الْأَدْعِيَةَ فِي الْكِتَابِ يَجِدُ كَثِيرًا مِنْهَا بِالثَّنَاءِ عَلَى الله. If you look at the different types of supplications, the different du'as that have been mentioned in the sunnah, then you'll notice many of them all begin with some statements of praise upon Allah. When you look at the fortress of the Muslim, different types of du'as that you're supposed to read at different times, you'll notice many of them, many of them begin with some elements of the praise upon Allah. And then go on to other issues within the du'a. وَمِنَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ الْعَظِيمُ الَّذِي عَلَيْهِ One of the greatest examples of this is the great du'a which is in Surah Al-Fatiha. The great du'a which is in Surah Al-Fatiha. وهي اعظم سور القران الكريم it is the greatest chapter of the Quran واعلى المقاصد الجليله فيها قال شيخ الاسلام ابن تيميه شيخ الاسلام ابن تيميه said ولهذا كان انفع الدعاء because of this the greatest or the most beneficial dua the most beneficial dua Wa And the greatest of dua, wa'ahkamuhu dua al-fatiha. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. Sirat al-ladina alayhim. Wairil mahdhubi alayhim waladdalin. That section of al-fatiha is the greatest and most beneficial type of dua. Because you're asking Allah to guide you and keep you firm upon the straight path. To keep you firm upon the straight path. The path of those whom Allah blessed. And to keep you away from the path of those who were misguided. The path of those who Allah's anger is upon and those who were misguided. فَإِنَّهُ إِذَا هَدَاهُ هَذَا الصِّرَاطِ أَعَانَهُ عَلَى طَاعَتِهِ وَتَرْكْ مَعْصِيَتِهِ Because if Allah aids you and keeps you upon this straight path, then that will be a help for you to be upon the obedience to Allah and to leave the sinning of Allah. فَلَمْ يُصِبْهُ So then no evil will afflict you neither in this world nor in the hereafter. So that is one of the greatest types of du'a. And you will notice that this du'a in Al-Fatiha it begins with the praise of Allah first before you get to it. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyakana Na'budu Wa Iyakana Nasta'een Praise of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentioning the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mentioning He is the King of the Day of Judgment, the one who will give the accountability on that day, mentioning that He is the one alone that you worship, He is the one alone you seek aid and assistance from, after all of that praise, then you make this dua, Sirat al-mustaqim, Guide us to the straight path, سِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ alayhim, The path of those whom you have blessed. So this is an example of what we're saying here. That when you make dua, make it by initially beginning with some praise of Allah. And like we said, if you check for example the fortress of the Muslim, have a look at just some different duas in there, and you'll see how all of them, many of them have... Praise of Allah within them Many of them beginning with the praise of Allah Before going to the other subject matters So that is one of the characteristics And the mannerisms Of making the dua That you begin it and start it With the praise of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Here are some examples of it One of the duas that the Prophet Used to read in the night In the night prayer He used to say Allahumma laka alhamd. Anta nurus samawati wal ard. Wa man To you is all of the praise. You are the light of the heavens and the earth and everything within them. Wa laka To you is all the praise. Anta qayyumus samawati wal ard. Wa man You are the one who controls and sustains the heavens and the earth and everything within them. Wa laka alhamd. Anta ووعدك حق ولقاؤك حق وجنة حق والنار حق والنبيون حق والساعة حق ومحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم حق اللهم لك أسلمت وبك آمنت وعليك توكلت وإليك أنبت وبك خاصمت وإليك حاكمت فاغفر لي ما قدمت وما أخرت وما أسررت وما أعلنت أنت إله لا إله إلا أنت Notice all of that du'a. And the actual du'a then is right at the end. faghfirli Have forgiveness upon me. Give me forgiveness. Forgive me for my errors. But that comes after four lines of other material in the du'a first. All the praises to you. The, the light of the heavens and the earth. The one who sustains the heavens and the earth. All the praises to you, you are the truth, your promise is the truth, meeting you is true, paradise is true, hellfire is true, all the prophets are upon truth, the hour is truth, Muhammad is truth, to you we have submitted and to you we have our iman, upon you we trust, to you we return back to. All of these different things being mentioned in praise of Allah. Then at the end, Faghfirli. Have forgiveness, give me forgiveness, forgive me my shortcomings. But you see that comes after all of this praise of Allah. So if you look at the fortress of the Muslim in some different du'as, you'll notice this. How many of them begin with a praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then they go into the actual subject matter of that particular du'a. Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala said Oh before that there are 3 levels when it comes to the du'a and you salliya alayhi wasallam before du'a Wa after hamdillah ta'ala that you also do the prayers and salutations upon the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahumma salli ala Muhammad that section that you also do this before your actual du'a after you've done the praise of Allah, the praise of Allah first, then the salutations upon the Prophet, then your dua. The second way is that you do those salutations at the beginning and in the middle and then at the end again. And the third way, and you alayhi fi awwalihi wa akhirihi wa yajal that you do the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ at the beginning and at the end, and in the middle you make your dua. So you open up with those salutations upon the Prophet, ﷺ, you close upon them, in the middle you make your dua. Uh, Ibn al Qayyim mentions making this dua. Or rather the Shaykh mentions himself, making these salutations upon the Prophet salam it is like a key into your dua. You begin with that, Allahumma sallallahu ala muhammad after the praise of Allah, and that is now a key entrance into your dua. And then Ibn al-Qayyim says after that, فَمِفْتَاحُ الدُّعَاءَ الصَّلَاءِ عَلَى النَّبِي صَلْحِ سَلَّمْ كَمَا أَنَّ مِفْتَاحَ الصلاة الطَّحَارَةِ just like the key to prayer is purification, without purification it's locked, you can't pray. With purification you got wudu, etc. Now the key opens, you can pray. With dua, Ibn Qayyim said it's the same thing, the key is the salutations upon the Prophet. You do that, the praise of Allah, and then Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, etc. That then is the key that opens up into your dua. So that is something which is mentioned. Uh, doing the salutations upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in making that dua. That's what we're gonna have to round off on today. Next week, another important topic here, it's you might notice it sometimes in the witter prayer in Ramadan with some of the Imams who make a mistake and they make a, make the dua like it's some type of poem. Making the dua like it's some type of poem, everything rhyming and almost like it's Quran, some of it. Making your dua rhythmic and melodious like that and in rhyming and everything. All of that type of thing, making it eloquent like that, to that type of level, isn't actually from the sunnah. To make it so eloquent and rhyming and melodious and all those things, it's not actually from the sunnah. The witter, as we've done before, shouldn't be recited like it's reciting the Qur'an. So, there is a topic about this. This is a common mistake everybody makes. So many people make. The imams in places make. So, we'll start from that next week, inshallah ta'ala. Next week after maghrib. Maghrib will be early next week. So, straight after maghrib next week. By next week, I think it will be what time? Independently, no problem. Everybody's making their own dua. You've done everything else, the burial, etc. And now everybody is making dua for the deceased independently. No congregational dua, independently do it. Independently you are now making dua for the deceased after the burial, that's what you do anyway. So independently yourself, that's okay. You, you. If, you, if you do it, how you mentioned that they turn and face the qibla, no problem raising the hands. You're not, facing, you're not uh, raising the hands to the grave or anything. If you're going to turn to the qibla, away from the grave anyway, then it would be allowed to raise the hands in making the dua you're facing the qibla anyway. You wouldn't want to put any doubt in terms of raising it towards the grave. But towards the qibla away, you're making a your dua, nothing wrong with that. No, a congregational dua is not from the sunnah even at the graveyard. It's not from the sunnah. Quran, Allah alam. Generally, generally, it mentions there the qibla is the direction of the worship. So generally... Even if you're in the mosque, etc. It's suitable and the, the default is that you face towards the Qibla anyway. Nobody would say purposely I'm going to turn back and face that way. But generally as a default, that's where the worship is. Generally that is the direction. So even with the Quran, if you're in the mosque, it's suitable. Suitable that you're facing that direction anyway. Why, why would you face any other direction? <laughs> you can sit on the walls, everything, no problem. There's no obligation in facing the Qibla. Even in the Dua, like we said, there's no obligation. But the general, yes, generally you face that way. Huh. Huh. That's okay too, we mentioned that I think before about uh, forgiveness and seeking forgiveness in it too. Move from that sitting, why? Dua after the prayer is not a sunnah anyway. Raising your hands after the dua. And making dua after the prayers is not a sunnah anyway. So whether you sit or you move, etc. I mean to move out, away from there. I mean the sunnah itself is not a sunnah there. People think after every prayer give salam, do some adhkar, do a dua. Like it's part of the process after the prayer. You do your adhkar, etc. Then you do a dua, then you go. But doing that dua after the prayers is not a sunnah. There is no sunnah to do the dua after the prayer like that to make it a regular thing. You finish the prayer, you do your afkar, then you do a dua, then you go. That dua isn't a sunnah there. That dua that you do there, you should do it in the prayer before you give the salam. It's not a sunnah to do it after the prayer, in the prayer. That's when that dua should be done. You'll have to leave it there, time is short. But uh, next week inshaAllah ta'ala.